right, what's up, class? This is Optimus Fields. We're back for episode. I honestly, I, I didn't keep track of the count this this uh, this week. I think it's forty three guys, and uh, we're at block height <laughs> six hundred and fifty nine thousand and seven hundred for the block height. And the current price is $19,090. And uh, we got our friend Joe here, as you can see on the screen, to uh, talk about 3D printing. But before that, we're going to get a word from our sponsor. So, Nick, take it away. Yo, what's up, guys? It's Nick, at Nick Campmine from Twitter. And before we start, we will have a quick word from our sponsor, and that is Citadel21. It's a Bitcoin cultural zine and displays the best of the best written content directly by the Taco Plebs for the Taco Plebs. You can read all their articles online for free or even purchase physical copies of all your favorite volumes. The newest volume, Volume 4, has my article in it as well as uh, Surfer Jim, who's in the audience tonight. His article's in there as well. I highly recommend you go read his article and as mine as well if you want. But in terms of writing for them, they allow anyone and everyone to submit articles. So if you're eager to write something, I highly recommend you do it. Check out their website at citadel21.com. The link will be in the description below. But tonight, for our presentation, it's not like more Bitcoin education like we normally been doing. But this is still Bitcoin related. It's all about sovereignty and 3D printing guns. It's open source software like Bitcoin and uh, Joe Rogers did a really good presentation at Bitblock Boom. Me, Optimus, Jim, Ben the Carmen, and a bunch of other people saw it live in person and we knew that we wanted to get Joe on to do this presentation. So Joe, thanks for coming on. Thanks for the warm welcome. And um, yeah, this, this is uh, good for me because uh, at the, um, conference down there in Dallas, there was no opportunity to record it because, you know, very privacy focused. So this would be neat to uh, get to have a recording of the presentation. So I appreciate that. But um, yeah, so uh, the point of this presentation today, it should be about 30 minutes in length max. And um, as Nick alluded to, I want to talk about 3D printing guns. And there's a little bit of overlap uh, between uh, Bitcoin and the 3D printing gun community. So title this is Can't Stop the Signal. And that's kind of uh, a battle cry of the 3D printing gun guys. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Joe Rogers. And all the information from today, uh, you can find it at uh, the website guns.team. It links to a GitHub repo with everything that we're covering. And for anyone out there in the audience, um, might want to have your Lightning wallet handy. Anyway, let's get started. Um, so today, I want to talk about, um, you know, Bitcoin in general. So as you know, anyone who's uh, been around Bitcoin for a while um, probably would uh, agree with me that Bitcoin has has lots of different disciplines emerging. And um, over time, uh, basically when Bitcoin first started, it started with the mailing list and cryptography um, gurus, and then it sort of spread over into like the libertarian circles. And then these economic guys came on board. Uh, but here we are, you know, a decade later, and uh, there really is pretty clear um, different groups and disciplines that have formed around Bitcoin, which is pretty interesting. You know, you get, you get people that are focused on a certain topic, and then they're able to really focus on that and develop it. And uh, develops an 
all those benefits kind of uh, adds to the whole of Bitcoin. Uh, so it helps uh, Bitcoin stay stronger and uh, evolve over time. But today we're going to talk about some of my passions. Um, so Bitcoin, 3D printing and gun advocates. So that, that's me right there in the middle. Um, so today, I think that what's kind of interesting, <clears throat> this slide, it pretty much summarizes the sovereign individual thesis. So um, for any of you out there listening, The Sovereign Individual is a book that uh, is kind of near and dear to the hearts of many Bitcoiners. Um, it kind of lays out the framework of how uh, humanity has organized over time politically, and um, it lays out where we're going in the future. Um, so if you look at the pictures here, it starts at the far left <clears throat> with the knight in the feudal system. Um, with each of these transitions, by the way, there's always a technological change that happens. So um, with the feudal system, it was kind of led by the agricultural revolution. Um, the agricultural revolution, next thing, um, that led to the consolidation of power from the, uh, the church. Uh, when the Industrial Revolution came around, it disrupted the church's power, which led to the rise of the nation state. And now we're at the very beginning of the uh, information age. And that, that is going to disrupt the nation state and it will lead to the sovereign individual. And some of the hallmarks of the sovereign individual is that um, humans will organize, organize um, as individuals. <clears throat> it will be more of a borderless world. Um, we'll see the uh, decreasing uh, size and power of states altogether. I think that we'll see more of uh, Bitcoin or Citadel theory come into play. And um, this is all going to be made power uh, made possible by the microprocessor and cryptography. Those are two of the sweet technologies that are going to enable us in the information age uh, to make way for the rise of the sovereign individual. But we're clearly not there. We're, we're in the age of the nation state. And some good things came from it. Um, if you look at before, you know, the United States and the rise of the nation state, um, there was not a, a ton of rights for people. So the, the founding of America uh, gave birth to the Bill of Rights, which was, um, you know, a remarkable document that kind of uh, set, set uh, the world in motion and led to a massive increase of value and wealth for mankind. Um, but if you look back, um, against the uh, American Revolution. It was a revolt against taxation without representation against a tyrannical empire. So I think that some of the things that they're going through back then, you know, we can relate to those today. Um, but the revolution gave birth of um, the Bill of Rights, and we think that's a big thing. And uh, so I'd like to put a meme up here, I'd give uh, props and praise to original OG meme lord uh, Benjamin Franklin, join or die. Uh, that's a meme very dear to my heart. Uh, so while the revolution gave birth to the Bill of Rights, the state uh, slowly chisels away at our rights um, over the past two centuries. And, you know, as a big corner, you're familiar with uh, the state's monopoly over money creation, but it also has a monopoly over violence. Uh, the state wants to control everything you do. Um, so the state's rise to power and their increasing strength and monopoly over violence, it's due to soft monetary policy. The state's been able um, to use the economics of violence in its favor. Um, into further power. So the state is going to do everything it can to increase its power. And if you just look at the you know leading politicians, they're coming for your guns. Um, this state does not care about the Bill of Rights. They're going to do everything's power to increase its power. I mean, what's sole control over you? 
The state does not like you, does not like the individual because the individual is a threat to um, to the state. So we know why the Second Amendment was included in the Bill of Rights, right? It wasn't for hunting. Um, it was to um, allow you to enforce your rights to protect the other amendments in the Bill of Rights um, and to protect yourself. Um, that's a really important thing. So um, keep that in your back pocket. But in 2013, um, things change forever. I've loved this quote. This is uh, a picture of Cody Wilson. He, he's a fellow Central Arkansan. And um, he said um, in 2013, he dropped the Liberator, which was uh, the world's first 3D printed gun. He dropped the files for free on the Internet and um, basically allowed anyone out there with a computer and a 3D printer to make a gun at their house that can shoot you know, a gun and kill people. Um so th this was a big deal. And in 2013, indeed, it did change things forever. Uh, this was the creation of the 3D printed gun meme, and the meme has propagated since. Um, so this is pretty neat. Um, this shows some cool gifts of some of the, the coolest um, 3D printed guns that have been out there in probably the past 12 months or so. The 3D printed guns, uh, they the economics of violence is being disrupted because of 3D printed guns. Um, it's really important to know that um, without 3D printed guns, the state likes to believe that, you know, they can regulate guns, um, they can control you, they can confiscate your guns, um, and therefore they have a monopoly on violence. But with 3D printed guns, citizens can make a firearm at their own home, um, in the privacy of their own home, with a simple trip to a hardware store, a 3D printer, and some filament, and a computer. Um, and this can be all done without the state ever knowing what's happening because it's none of their business if you're um, protecting yourself. So this disrupts the state's monopoly on violence. Um, as 3D printing guns become more prevalent, citizens in gun-free zones or unfriendly jurisdictions will not be able to arm themselves. Um, goes back to that Second Amendment right. You know, the other rights are meaningless if you cannot enforce and protect yourself with the Second Amendment. So the Second Amendment is very, very important. I, I would argue that um, all the other amendments are moot if you can't protect yourself. Um, so at surface level, uh, many people think of the uh, 3D printing gun as a matter of the Second Amendment. Um, they think that they can regulate 3D printing guns as framed in their old narratives. Uh, but really, 3D printing guns, it's a First Amendment thing. Um, because 3D printing guns, since it is something that you create on your own, um, vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, the freedom of information uh, through the internet, we know that code as Bitcoiners, that code is considered speech. That's protected as a First Amendment right. So anyone who starts um, trying to um, naysay or FUD on 3D printing guns, um, you've got two amendments, <laughs> two of the most, uh, arguably the two most important amendments uh, backing it up. First of all, it's a gun, so you're protected by Second Amendment. You have the right to protect yourself. And then the first amendment, of course, code is speech. And 3D printed guns, that's the beautiful thing about them. Um, they, um, at inception, are code. Um, so you've probably seen this diagram for it, but this kind of outlines um, the way that networks form. So you have centralized, decentralized, and distributed systems. Um, pretty neat, though. I mean, we're always talking about decentralization um, with Bitcoin, because that's how the network grows and propagates, defends itself. And uh, with the 3D printing gun community, it's, it's uh, both decentralized and distributed because um, 
what tends to happen in the 3D printing gun community is that um, you have a lot of different people contributing. Um, and then the people in those communities, they tend to um, all share all the files all the time. So everyone pretty much out of habit is always gathering as many files as possible. So that's why I think that it's more of a distributed system than a decentralized because um, each of the nodes or each of the users, developers out there are, you know, they are not required to go through um, one another in order to distribute. Um, so I'm, this is a pretty neat little timeline. So we're gonna go through some of the uh, notable developments in the 3D printed gun space. Um, starting back in 12, 13, uh, this was what you're looking at here is the Liberator. And again, everything that you're looking at in this picture, this is a single shot uh, pistol that would shoot a uh, 22 um, bullet. And, and uh, it's, you know, this, this is pretty interesting because as we go through this timeline, um, when this first came out, um, the people who are hating on 3D printed guns, the, the politicians, the naysayers, they said, okay, well, you've got a single shot gun. It's going to blow up in your hand. You'll, you'll never be able to do anything beyond that. But shortly thereafter, the team was really determined. They wanted to be able to develop an AR-15 uh, lower. So that's the part of this black gun that's in red. Uh, so why is this significant? So here in the United States, um, specifically looking at this AR-15, everything that's in black on the gun, you can buy over-the-counter on eBay. They're non-regulated parts. The red part, which is the receiver, it's called a receiver because it receives the magazine, which holds the bullets. That's the only regulated part in the U.S. Um, so by the teams uh, working on this AR-15 receiver, now they've disrupted um, the one thing that the state was regulating, which was the receiver. So now a, a you know 3D printing gun enthusiast at their house can print a receiver and with eBay and a credit card, they could literally buy all the other parts they need and assemble a functioning AR-15 at their house. So that's pretty slick. Uh, the next thing is a standardized Glock 9mm uh, magazine. And um, after just pouring through podcasts and listening to the uh, developers talk about this, this is a really big deal. And um, you might be saying, okay, wow, it's, it's just a mag. Who cares about that? But um, it isn't like Glock shares their factory schematics on the magazines. Um, so the guys had to use the dial calipers and hours and hours of uh, modifying the magazine to get it just right. What's important about the magazine, um, number one, they are quite expensive. Uh, Glock's uh, magazines are also uh, regulated if you go above the standard amount of rounds, which I believe is generally about like 16 rounds max. Um, so the team was able to develop 30-round magazines, which are available in some jurisdictions here in the U.S., uh, but highly regulate in other jurisdictions. So um, now, which would usually cost, you know, maybe 30, 40 bucks for a magazine, a factory magazine, you can print for, you know, pennies on the dollar, maybe two bucks, you can make one at your house um, for the spring and the plastic itself. So that's that's a notable development. And what that led to was, well, hey, we've got the magazine. How about we develop, let's build the uh, Glock um, frame. So the frame um, on a pistol, the frame is considered the receiver part. So that's the part that's regulated again. Um, so all the metal components like the barrel and the slide, which is the metal part on top that goes back and forth and the trigger assembly, those are non-regulated parts. So here in the U.S., you could go get those 
uh, online very easily with a credit card. So now they've, uh, we have a magazine that we can print on. Now we have a Glock frame that we can um, get. The rest of the parts of the Glock are primarily metal, so it's kind of hard to 3D print those. Uh, but this, uh, again, drives down the cost. The barrier to entry to get a Glock, a 9mm gun, um, is getting lower and lower because of uh, this part. Um, so that, that was a really big one, and the, the teams were pretty excited about it. Uh, but earlier in 2020, this is just completely wild, the, the FUD narrative was, okay, well, you've built an AR-15 uh, receiver. That's great. Um, it's going to blow up in your hand. You'll never make anything else meaningful. Okay, well, we made a Glock mag. We made a Glock frame. And earlier this year, um, Ivan released the Plastikov, which is a 3D printable AK-47 receiver. And why is this a big deal? Uh, well, I mean, the AK-47 is arguably the world's most popular uh, combat firearm. It's probably the most produced gun ever in create, you know, human history. Um, it's most readily available on Earth. And now you can 3D print the one part that's regulated at your house and acquire all the other parts. And now you're able to assemble one, you know, with a little bit of privacy. So that, that that's a, a huge deal. And he's already made a couple revisions on that and increasing the strength and durability of it throughout the year. Uh, but the really big development of the year in 2020 was the release of the FGC-9. Uh, FGC-9, it stands for Fuck Gun Control 9mm. Uh, it was made by a guy named uh, John J. Stark out of Central Europe, which is one of the most hostile um, to gun laws uh, in in the world, um, they're absolutely forbidden. Uh, you have to have a uh, mountain of paperwork to even get a permit to, you know, have a Glock. And uh, Jay Stark is so passionate about this because um, he firmly believes in, you know, the Bill of Rights and a man's right to protect himself. So he's the lead developer on the FGC and I. But um, every, what's really neat about this is it's built around that same Glock um, 9mm magazine. Well, I said earlier, that was a big deal. But everything else, they pretty much custom design. Um, the me the only there are some metal parts like the barrel, and then there's a slide inside of the gun which ejects uh, each bullet, and of course a spring. So there there are some metal parts, uh, but majority of the parts you can just go buy off the shelf at a hardware store. And uh, the one thing that is really innovative about this, I mean, the whole thing is innovative, but the barrel itself. Um, is rifled. And if you're not familiar with gun assembly, uh, a rifle barrel means it looks like a spiral on the inside. And so if you think about throwing a football, if you have a nice spiral on it, it tends to go straight, further, and uh, more accurate. And uh, so the team developed a process called electrochemical uh, machining. So they actually uh, get a piece of hydraulic um, hydraulic tubing so something that would be like in a big piece of machinery, it's hydraulic tubing. They print, 3D print a spiral jig that goes inside of that tube, run some copper wire through it, hook it up to a battery and submerge it in salt water. And after about two hours, the chemical reaction between the salt water and the electricity in that metal, it actually bores a rifled um, uh, indention inside the barrel. So that this gun by itself, I mean, it, it brought together some really amazing technology that's happened over the past couple of years. And this was the first time that we've seen uh, this um, electrochemical uh, machining uh, on barrels released to the wild. So that's pretty innovative. And um, 
cool thing about 3D printed guns, they come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. And I think that, you know, the slide earlier, um, I think it was the first slide. We were talking about all the different disciplines. Um, because 3D printed guns, it's completely, you know, decentralized. Everyone's free to work on whatever they're most passionate about. What we're seeing is uh, the emergence of, you know, a lot of different specializations. Guys who are really passionate about um, Glocks are just continually refining uh, the design of the Glock frames, for example, or the team that's on that released the FGC-9, they're about to release the FGC-9 version 2, which has a laundry list of notable improvements. Um, Ivan's working on the, the plastic off, and I know that he's had a version 2 come out already this year. Um, there's a whole team that is focused on suppressors or silencers, uh, which you can 3D print those from home as well. So people are free to develop whatever they're most passionate about. And that's, you know, because it's free and open source, that it's kind of the same ethos that we have here in Bitcoin. Um, but something notable happened here in 2020. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a couple guns released and different designs. And it was essentially just the files. And they were somewhat good. And, uh, you know, you could build a gun out of them if you knew what the hell you're doing. If you're a mechanical engineer, you could absolutely figure out how to piece it together. But what the team learned is that uh, people, if there's good documentation and average Joe is a lot more likely to attempt to 3D print a gun. So in 2020 with the FGC-9, I think that was kind of the one that really set this trend in motion. Uh, it's like a 200 page document that outlines every step of the process, how much time it takes to assemble and print each part, where to buy each part, uh, the tools that you need. I'm telling you, they tried to think of every dummy question you could ask, clear diagrams and documentation on what to do. Um, and they put all that into the FGC-9 documentation. And it shows um, there's a ton of these that have been printed or in the wild. And the next one, this was a pretty neat innovation earlier this year. It's on the far left column. It's a complete 3D printable AR-15 receiver. Uh, some of the other models they did require a little bit of uh, metal tooling, but this one is 100% 3D pr uh, printed out of plastic. I um, mean, it has some really fantastic documentation, as you can see there in that bottom left of the column. It shows you all the various parts and how it would actually assemble together. So I guess uh, for some of you out there, maybe asking, you know, what the heck do I need to get started? And it's pretty simple. And I'm going to spell it out for you guys. So Primarily three components to get going. You need a computer with software, you need plastic filament, and you need a 3D printer. So I'm going to run through each of those uh, kind of categories here. Uh, um, not required to use this one, but the piece of software we're looking at here, it's called Fusion 360. This is a bit more advanced. But um, as far as the, I'm going to kind of work through the um, work workflow of all the different components. So. The guys who are actually developing and designing the guns, they're using Fusion 360. This is what's called a CAD program. Uh, this is what engineers use to uh, design all kinds of different things. Uh, but over time, as you start to uh, get a little bit more experience, um, you'd be able to uh, load up a gun model and customize it and make it say whatever you want or you know, add modifications and you know, perhaps even build your own frames over time. But the, software that they use is Fusion 360, and that's a free download. Uh, so once you get your design, the next thing that you need to do is you need to load it into a slicer. And a slicer is the piece of software that takes that 3D model from Fusion 360, 
and it actually cuts it into little bitty slices, like slices of bread. And that tells the 3D printer uh, how to actually print um, the uh, plastic itself for the gun. Another piece of free software called Ultimaker Cura, and all of these are linked uh, in the presentation, which we'll share in the show notes. The next thing I mentioned uh, was filament. So as you start getting into 3D printing, you're going to learn, man, there's a shit ton of filament. And I haven't tried them all. Um, the only one I've ever tried is PLA+. Plus. That's the one that they recommend um, in the 3D gun print community, uh, deterrence dispensed. And um, in my experience, it's worked out really nice. Um, and I think that, you know, the advice would be that it's going to take time to figure out your printer. So they're touchy-filly. Um, and different plastics print at different temperatures and there's a bunch of different variables. So there's a bit of an art form to it, but just be patient. And uh, if you're getting started and you just want to, you know, go down this 3D printing gun path, I'd say just stick to PLA plus that's kind of the go-to uh, in the community. Now, what, what printer do I need? I've got the software, I've got the plastic, um, I've sliced the model. I need a printer. Uh, the one that is the go-to uh, is the Creality Ender 3. This is a beginner model very basic, very manual. And um, I've seen prices as low as 170. And that was um, back in like August. So I bet that they've gone even lower than that, you know, with the holidays around the corner. Uh, so check it out. Go to AliExpress and pick one up. They're pretty cheap. And I think uh, part of the reason that they're getting so cheap is because they keep rolling out new models that have a lot of bells and whistles, but um, they keep the creative the Ender 3 out there because there's just such a demand for it. Um, so if you're in the market for more bells and whistles, hey, be my guest. Uh, they're a little bit more expensive, so it raises that barrier to entry. But everything that we're talking about doing uh, can be done on the Ender 3, and that's kind of the go-to Swiss Army knife of 3D printers. So back to the workflow. So we got a printer. Uh, I'm going to walk you through them again real quick. So Infusion 360, of course, this is optional. Uh, you'd finalize your file. It's called a .stp file. And then you would, um, within Fusion 360, like if you wanted to tweak or modify your model, you could export it to what's called a .stl file. The .stl file um, is readable in the slicing um, software. So you import the .stl, and then you convert it and slice it to what's called G-code. Uh, the G-code is what the printer reads. You load the G-code into the printer. You make sure you're print beds level, you've got your filament loaded, and then you figure out what you're gonna do. You're gonna print it or you're gonna print it. So how much to get started? Um, all in, right? I did some back in the napkin math here a couple months ago, around 268 to get going. Um, and these are kind of one-time purchases, things that you're not gonna need a lot all the time. Of course, rubbing alcohol, you'll get some of that over time, but a big bottle of that will last for a while. Um, but the one thing that you're going to buy continuously will be filament, which is that lot, last line item, about $24. And I saw it as low as $15 on fries on Black Friday. So I think even uh, we're seeing prices come down on filament as well, which is really fantastic. Um, so about $268 all in to just get going, which, um, you know, the haters say, oh, it's too expensive to get started. But, you know, give me a break. $268 and now you can start printing parts of a gun that cost, you know, tens, twenties, even hundreds of dollars each, um, you can quickly make up the cost um, very quickly. So where to get the files? 
Um, I've outlined some of my favorite places to find community. Um, I've linked to Ivan's website. His name is Ivan the Troll. He's one of the leaders, unofficial leaders. Uh, he's the guy who developed the plastic off, but he's got a bunch of really great videos, uh, which are linked on this. On uh, It's called Gunstreamer. So he kind of shows how to assemble and build some of these tools. Uh, Control Pew, he's been on a couple of Bitcoiners podcasts. I believe he's on John Vallis's. So um, he's friendly to the Bitcoin space. I think he got deplatformed and he had to figure out how to get payments. And uh, I think um, BTC Pay Server and him became friends. But Control Pew, he's um, kind of led the charge with distribution of the FGC9 documentation. Uh, so these are personal website, Ivan's and Control Pew's. And then disp uh, Deterrence Dispense. So this is a Keybase repository. Uh, for those of you out there that aren't familiar, Keybase is. It's like a uh, encrypted social network, if you will. Its primary purpose is for identity management to confirm you are who you say you are. Uh, but as part of that tool set, you can create little communities and share files and documentation. And Keybase has been very friendly to deterrence dispense. They haven't been deplatformed once. And uh, this community itself, um, you can find uh, all kinds of different channels within that community based off what you're interested in. So. If you're interested in, you know, 3D printing armor or suppressors or Glocks or FGC9, there would be a channel for each of those things. And there would be some, um, you know, thought leadership in each of those channels that can help you get going. Um, I've also linked to the deterrence suspense FAQ. Uh, that's important. Uh, the guys in deter deterrence suspense, they don't take a lot of bullshit. So read the FAQ. Don't ask dumb questions. Don't be a dickhead because uh, they will ban you. Um, just... Be, be a good dude and you'll be just fine. The last one is DefCAD. So this is uh, put out by Cody Wilson's team. And this has got, uh, it's just a really, it's where I got some of the graphics um, on a couple of the slides, but they have the 3D print files available for download and some good documentation. And um, it, it's a nice little resource as well. The last one is kind of, they don't talk about much, but GitHub. Um, if you search it out, you will find it. There's a ton of repositories that have um, tons of files on there. So I don't know if Microsoft isn't looking or what the deal is, but they haven't really deplatformed any file sharing or development of the 3D printed guns, which is a really great thing to see. Uh, but there's a ton of repos out there that have um, all the documents. And of course, guys, guns.team, again, that's where you can find all this documentation. So who to follow? If you're on Twitter, I'll link to a couple of the guys here. Ivan, Control Pew, Vin, uh, Guns of Bitcoin, um, Gun Free Zone, and a couple other. Blue Goo Boogaloo. I made a list for you to follow, basically. At the bottom of the screen, if you click that, whenever you get the deck, um, it's got a bunch of these personalized. I've got like 25 folks in there. But they're tweeting all kinds of great propaganda. And as Bitcoiners, we love good propaganda. We love good meme. And the gun guys have got some good memes. Uh, so we need to learn from them and uh, adapt and um, <laughs> refine our, our pitch. Uh, kind of the last thing here is the message is that we can't be stopped. So we believe this with our heart and soul in Bitcoin, that Bitcoin can't be stopped. It's unstoppable at this point. Um, it is code, it is speech, and that applies to 3D printing guns as well. And I would say that um, they go hand in hand. And I would say that, you know, you're not a real Bitcoiner unless you are 3D printed guns. So with that, guys, I would say stack sats, print guns, and uh, thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. Any questions?
Yeah, yeah Joe, I've got a question. Okay. Um, when do you think we're going to have the... Because, look, the, the reality is I've gone on to go buy, you know, the, the kits for these guns. And um, when do you think we're, we're going to have uh, a point where pretty much every part of it is printable with the exception of, like, the springs? Well... How far so do you the, are from you, that? Well, the first thing... <laughs> The Liberator is 100% printable, okay? But it isn't as functional as some of the other guns. Um, but there's also, like, the Songbird, which takes the idea of the Liberator and makes it easier to shoot rounds one after another. They know load up up to, like, five rounds. It's very manual. But you can 100% print that at your house. Um, I think the only metal part that you need is a firing pin, but it's literally like, I think you can use a nail and you just like cut it off. Um, so to answer a question, they're already here, but is it going to be something that you want to like defend your house with? Probably not. Um, but is it a gun? Yes. Is it lethal? Yes. So they're already here, but with the FGC nine Quinn Icarus, um, it changes the ball game because, you know, a large portion of the gun is made out of 3D printed filament. There's a laundry list of other items that you get from a hardware store. There's a little bit of welding that's needed, but again, these aren't regulated parts. Um, the only thing that you'd like specifically need to get that's gun related would be a trigger assembly. Uh, but you, so you could get like an AR-15 trigger assembly. Again, not regulated, or even airsoft guns. You can use an airsoft um, rifle. Uh, trigger assembly in the FGC nine. So it's compatible for each. So I think that unfortunately there's just at this time, there's some parts that you can't get around, you know, I think physics that some parts need to be metal. Uh, but the teams there, again, you got distributed thinkers going on and they're trying to solve these problems. And like, like I mentioned, the, the, the really mind blowing thing was the rifling of the barrels. So I think that we're going to see longer and longer range 3D printed guns, I think that you could start seeing long range rifles be developed, you know, in 2021, which is just, you know, pretty crazy to think about. Um, so I, that, that would be my kind of long drawn out answer. But something I really didn't, I forgot to mention, guys, it went in the deck. But um, so besides guns, there's some other defensive parts of this technology that's being developed. Um, one being, uh, one goalpost that the haters always bring up is. Uh, well, what about ammo? How are you going to get ammo? Um, you can't 3D print it ammo. Well, you're right. Um, you can cast your own bullets out of lead. Um, the brass casings are non-regulated. Um, the tough thing to get that is regulated in like Europe, for example, is the smokeless powder. Uh, but, you know, you get a bunch of 3D printing gun lovers and lovers of the second minute who happen to be uh, chemical engineers. And the next thing you know, now we have recipes for smokeless powder that have been released. Um, so again, th this team not only developing guns, they're thinking, okay, well, people still need to be able to make bullets to defend themselves. Uh, so that's been developed. The next thing that I think is pretty mind blowing is a 3d printed body armor. Um, so if you 3d print plastic in certain patterns, it can lower the velocity of the round of the bullet. If you pair that with, like, say, a ceramic tile like that you would use on your floor, if you pair those together, 
Um, it is capable to stop certain calibers. And again, this is early development. I expect this to be um, a bigger deal over the next you know, year or so. So the teams are looking at all kinds of different defensive technologies and uses for 3D printing. Very cool, man. Thank you. I, I'm, sure. I'm so close to I'm so close to printing one. <laughs> well, just print a couple of parts. I know that you're an experienced printer, but um, yeah, that never hurts to just print a couple of parts and let them sit on your desk and think about it every day. <laughs> yep. No, I appreciate that. I'm going to do it. Hey, Joe. Yes. Well, I saw on one of your slides that said metal extrusion, something about metal extrusion. Remember what that was? Uh, no, I don't remember. Oh, go right here. Oh, here. Um, extruder. extruder. Yeah, yeah that? that's that's a, a recommended um, upgrade to the 3D printer. It, essentially, um, where the 3D printer, it's a, the 3D printer, think of it like a high glue gun that's on an XYZ axis. So yeah. you move left, right, up, down. Um. And forward and back, of course. But one of the parts that is recommended, it's this little metal piece that's generally plastic. It's just a little upgrade piece. Um, Deterrence Dispense, they've uh, released a uh, printer guide. So which printer to get and which upgrades to get. And this is all the upgrades. It's literally ripped from that document, which I've linked to on the um, guns.team as well. All right. So that's a part that goes on the printer that... Yep probably wears out a lot slower or something. Correct. And then bed springs. One of the biggest hassles with 3D printing is uh, you've got to keep the print surface. It's called the bed. you got to keep the bed level. If your bed is not level, you're going to have messed up prints. You're going to just, it's going to be a big waste of time. So if you get the aftermarket springs, they tend to um, tend to be a bit stiffer. So the bed will stay level longer. So you're not wasting uh, your time leveling the bed all the time. Hope that makes sense. Yeah. Hey, what do you know about um, desktop CNC machines to make the metal parts? I, I, I have seen a couple of Kickstarters where people are trying to bring those the cost to entry down a lot. Um, I know that currently there is 3D printing um, via that kind of like powdered metal. And that's very cool. Uh, but I think the barrier entry is very expensive, but you know, you know how technology is, Jim. I think that we're going to see the price come down, and it's going to open the door to some really interesting options in the future. Yeah, I can see it. Thank you. Yeah. Joe, I don't want to be the uh, the bearish one, but how would you like say say like you're elected president and they're going to kill everyone on the planet unless you figure out a way to stop 3D printing. How would you do it? Or 3D printing guns? Uh, probably like turn off the internet. Okay, besides that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you didn't like say realistically, that. Like realistically without like affecting normal everyday life. Like I don't know, man. I would probably uh, outlaw filament, you know, the plastic. I don't know. That'd probably be the easiest thing to you know immediately halt 3d printing like not because, um, like I would say that, the that would... parts like the uh 
the predator get itself. The, like or no, like the gun kit, like you know, like I guess like oh, the FGC yeah. nine kind of solves this, but I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. So what what would be the weakest link, I guess, in the supply chain? Yeah, that's probably a better gun? question. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, just the problem is like when you just start regulating random pieces of tooling, I mean, it's just opens such a big can of worms. Um, and the state loves big old cans of worms. I think the easiest one that would be like the most effective would probably be like the filament because like you might say, Oh, well outlaw the printers. Right. But the printers, there's a community already figuring out how to bootstrap and build your own 3d printer. You know, it's, it's got a, um, it's got a, uh, what do you call it? Yeah. Essentially motherboard with chips on it. You know, like a, a raspberry Pi could power a 3d printer. And then it's really just a couple little motors that would, you know, make the, um, the nozzle go in the right pattern. So I think that personally, yeah, you could start obviously, thing would be regulating the gun parts and kits. Uh, but if you outlawed the filament, I mean, that would put a stop to it, I guess. And I think that would be a tough thing to make on your own, too. Okay, thanks. That makes sense. Hello? Hey, we can hear you. Does it work? Yeah. I, I pretty much... Feel like we're talking about Bitcoin, <laughs> so familiar. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's a lot of similarities in the communities, and um, there are there is some overlap. There are some Bitcoiners who are into you know 3D printing and and vice versa. But I mean, if you look at the the gun community at large, there some of them are just you know how we're nuts about Bitcoin. <laughs> That's all we care about. These guys. A lot of them, they don't give a shit about money. They only care about guns. Um, and so I think that we could both learn a bit from each other, both communities. So you're right, though. It's software. At the end of the day, this is software. Bitcoin is software. Um, and they they embody the first and second amendments. And, um, yeah, incredibly bullish technology. What, what, are some of the, what are some of the efforts that are... I really tried to stop it. I know that we talked about what, but what what are governments actively trying to effectively or? Yeah, what are what are the uh, governments currently trying to do to regulate three D printing guns? Or, or yeah, or stop it. Or... Yeah, I'm so here in the U.S. I'm not. I have not seen any proper regu uh, regu regulations around 3D printers. Um, but I don't doubt that the state would do something like that, you know, in the future. Um, because that's, like I said, that's what the state likes to do, likes to eliminate opponents. And if 3D printing continues to grow in popularity, and especially the 3D printing gun, it would, obviously, its threat to the state would grow. Um, so yeah, as of now, I'm not familiar. If anyone knows of any, please feel free to speak up. But I think that a big like moment would be, you know, if there was some kind of terrorist attack and they had 3D printed guns, I mean, that would be just like, that would 
be a shitty day for 3D printing guns because now everyone's a villain who's ever done it. And I think that's how we feel about Bitcoin as well. You know, like if Bitcoin is financing any terrorist cell on earth, we're all assholes now. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not aware of any here in the US, but I'm sure there is some regulated of 3D printers overseas. Does anyone have any other questions or comments for Joe? I, I guess not. Uh, Joe, I want to thank you a lot for coming on and doing this presentation. I thoroughly enjoyed it as I'm a huge um, Second Amendment fan. And uh, yeah, I, I've been lacking. I, I've been wanting to get a 3D printer for a while, but um, it looks like I'm going to have to finally uh, make the purchase and do it. Yeah, man, the, the prices are coming down. Uh, just... Uh, the the dilemma for Bitcoiners is, oh, can I stack sats or should I get a new hobby? And I think for a lot of us, it's stack sats. And um, that's fine. You know, just <laughs> in the States here, we're, we're lucky. Yeah, yeah, it's a real dilemma. Maybe in like two or three months when we're at 100K, I'll buy one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> beautiful well thanks for having me guys yeah dude thank you thanks for coming on uh the presentation was just as good as i remember and uh i guess for those listening this this might be a little bit on the edge of the bitcoin content but uh as joe explained it's they're overlapping you know overlapping circles and and uh, focuses so we definitely appreciate you coming on and, uh, you know, you're part of the fam. So we love you, bro. And, and, and thanks for doing that for us. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Class, uh, we're going to wrap this episode up. So we hope you enjoyed. And uh, shout out to Joe again. Uh, search him out on his Twitter, underscore Joe Rogers. And uh, give him a follow. And start printing some stuff, guys. So thanks for coming out. And we'll see you in the next episode.